This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. 27th day of July, 2022. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us uh, this morning. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, your last place, Boston Red Sox. Congratulations, guys the fourth highest payroll in baseball and the Red Sox sit in last place in the American League East. Now, to be fair, there's still a 500 baseball team. That shows you how good the American League East has been. Every team in the AL East is 500 or better. Un- unheard of, right? But at the end of the day, you spent the fourth most amount of money in baseball, and you sit in last place. And, you know, and not for nothing. It's not like, you know, hey, put them in any other division, and they're in first. You know, I mean, if you put that 49-49 and 49 record that Red Sox have right now uh, in the AL Central, they're in fourth place. In the AL West, they're in third place. You know, uh, they'd be in fourth place in the NL East, third place in the NL Central and third place in the NLS. So it isn't like, you know, I mean, the AL East has been great, but it isn't like the Red Sox are, you know, tearing it up and in any other division they'd be kicking ass. It's embarrassing. Last night they lose to the Guardians 8-3. to Josh Winkowski was brutal. Josh Winkowski now with an ERA of 5.18, ladies and gentlemen as this train wreck of a season continues, and I know there are injuries. I get it. I get that Rich Hill's down. I get that Michael Walker's down. I get, you know, that Chris Chris Sale has been snake bit. But this team isn't hitting. Xander Bogarts had three hits last night. The rest of the Red Sox team had four combined. You know, we continue to run guys out there that have no business being in the lineup every day. Bobby Dahlbeck is now hitting 200. Bobby Dahlbeck is hitting like 180 with runners in scoring position this year. 180. Jalen Davis in center field last night. Just called up from AAA, a cast-off from the San Francisco Giants. Rob Refsnyder leading off. I mean, Yomar Sanchez, a a Chicago White Sox reject, in the lineup last night. It's so bad, Christian Vasquez is playing first base. 
And by the way, Christian Vasquez is not a good first baseman. You know, there was a situation last night where he got a ball hit to him at first base. If he takes the ball himself, it's an out at first base. Instead, he he stands there, waits for Winkowski to get over, flips him the ball, and the runner beats it out. But a guy who's a natural first baseman instinctively knows that he can get that guy at first base and he makes the play himself. And, And I put a lot of, you know, I haven't been killing Alex Cora, all right? Um, you know, and I said, look, you can only do with what you can do based on the uh, roster that you have, right? But here's the thing. Last night, Josh Winkowski was terrible. He couldn't find the strike zone last night. He was all over the place. Pitching coach Dave Bush has to come out to see him a couple of times. Well, the last time he went out to see him, was just before Nate Jones came up. Or actually, I think it was in the middle of Jones's, uh, Jones's at bat. And, you know, my thought is, get him the hell out of the game. You know, he's got, he's, uh, there's two, a couple of guys on. He can't find the strike zone. Get him out. So what does he do? He throws a 3-1 fastball right down the middle. And Jones crushes it, and the game is essentially over right there. It's now 5 nothing. You had a chance to take him out. You left him in the game too long. And, you know, and here's the – I get it. I, you know, I get it. I get it. I, I, I keep saying I get it. You know, I understand that you've been having to dip into that bullpen all the time because you can't get any length out of starters. It's just a mess. I get it. But when a guy is struggling that bad, you got to do something. You know, and uh, so, you know, I I'll I give him some hell for that one. That's that's one that if you're the Red Sox, you got to take him out. And Dave, you know, Dave Massey just checked different Facebook and he's absolutely right. You know, Dahlbeck is struggling with runners in scoring position. Bobby Dahlbeck, as, as Dave said, I've never seen a guy take so many third strikes. And I understand what Dahlbeck's trying to do, and, and I, 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 I don't know whether you're supposed to give him credit for this or not. He was overly aggressive early in the season, right? So he's striking out all the time. So now... You know, with the Red Sox struggling and, you know, they, they made a, a concerted effort to try to work the counts a little bit more. Dahlbeck has been taking more pitches. You know, the problem is, is that when you get into a situation where it's now a 3-2 count, you got to swing the bat. You got to swing the bat. If it's close, you can't be taking a 3-2 pitch that's a borderline pitch. Swing the bat. The pitch, when, when he struck out last night, one of the called third strikes that he took last night, he had a 3-1 count. And the ball that he swung at on 3-1 was ball four. Right? So you've worked it to a 3-1 count, and now you you go after a pitch that you shouldn't swing at. So now it's 3-2 because you've you've you know you've gone after a bad pitch. 
Well, if you've done that, you know he's going to try to, you know, find the strike zone. Swing the bat. You know, you can't. This team is not hitting at all. You got to swing the bat. Red Sox struck out eight times last night. J.D. Martinez came off uh, the bench. He had missed four or five games in a row and uh, was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. So, you know, just a brutal night, a frustrating night. Uh, You know, I don't know. Tanner Houck. You know, the run that he gave up didn't make any difference, but Tanner Houck looked awful. Again, you know, Houck with that slider has trouble finding the strike zone. He It seems like he doesn't know where it's going half the time. I still think Tanner Houck is better off as a starter. You know, even when he was closing games and, what, he had like nine saves, something like that, but every one of them was a pack of Rolades. You know, it wasn't like he's coming in and, and pitching shutdown innings. So, fourth highest payroll, worst record in the American League East. Congratulations. And, and you know, and the other part that's frustrating about the Red Sox is the amount of errors that they're making. They've made, what, uh, eight errors, nine errors in their last ten games, something ridiculous like that. No, ten, ten errors. In their last eight games. Now, the one last night, I guess I give him a little bit of a pass because uh, Yomar Sanchez got a ball uh, that was up the middle, and he tried to make a behind-the-back flip uh, to try to get the force at second, but ends up throwing it away. I mean, you know, look, uh, let's not, uh, you know, I understand what you're trying to do there. But, you know, the other part of this is, is you know, Yomar Sanchez is trying this behind-the-back flip. He and Xander Bogarts haven't played together very often, so it's not like it's something that Bogarts is used to seeing, even in you know, uh, you know, in batting practice or anything. And it's just not, not something that that he's used to. So, you know, so the the errors have been a problem as well. Winkowski not getting over to cover first, although as I said, that's one that uh, uh, the, that uh, Vasquez should have just stepped on first base. There's no error charged on that, but again, it's just fielding mishaps it's just been and, and it's been gross gross and despite all this mess and, and I and I think it's it's good you know what's been good with the Red Sox front office came out yesterday and said flat out we are not looking to trade Xander Bogarts or Raffi Devers that you know that they see those guys as cornerstone players, you know, if there's any shot of getting back in it uh, this year, they got to have those guys. But the the important part to me was they said that they want to retain both of these guys. They see them as part of the team going forward. Now, whether or not that's going to be the case, you know, it's all going to be finance-driven. You know, uh, Xander Bogart's turned down a contract extension that to, to take away that opt-out that would have paid him $30 million bucks a year. He turned it down. And, you know, I've seen some comments on social media and other places, and and I I don't, you know, if Bogarts is looking for 30 mil or more a year, the question becomes, is he worth that? Is he worth 
the kind of money that you would pay an elite shortstop like a Francisco Lindor, like a Trey Turner. Is that the kind of player that Xander Bogarts is? He's not their match defensively. We know that. He is he is average at best as a shortstop. But to me, it's not just about that. And I think, Bogey, if you give him the money and you say to him, look, big fella, we want you to move positions, I think he'd do it. He's always shown the willingness to do whatever it takes to help this team win. But he wants to get paid, and he wants to get paid as an elite shortstop, and I get that. But this is a guy that's hitting 317. His home run numbers are down this year, but this is a guy that has produced every game. This is a guy that is a clubhouse leader. This is a guy that is a fan favorite. And Dave Dombrowski once made a comment about, you know, if we trade Mookie Betts, they'll burn this building down. And so he wouldn't he didn't want any part of doing that. Hein Bloom did it, but Dave Dombrowski didn't want to do it. Well, I'm telling you right now, you know, if they uh Trade Xander Bogarts and don't re-sign Rafi Devers. Red Sox Nation is not going to take that well. So the fact that they came out and said, we're not looking to trade those guys is huge. Now, supposedly they are taking phone calls on J.D. Martinez. You know, now J.D. has cooled off a lot. I mean, look, at one point this season he was hitting about 340 and he was one of the best hitters in the American League. He's now under 300. You know, and that uh, that bulky back that he's been fighting for the last few weeks isn't going to help his trade value. But he's still hitting two ninety nine. He's still a guy that can help a contender. You know, especially now that there's a universal DH. I, I, I see no way the Red Sox are going to re-sign him. He likes it in Boston. I'm sure he wouldn't mind re-signing in Boston. But I don't think there is any way the Red Sox sign him next year. You've got too many other guys that can fill that DH role. You know, or there's going to be other guys on the free agent market that you can go after. You know, and you've got Tristan Cassis that's going to be coming up next year. Now, they'll likely slot him right in at first base, but he's also a guy that could fill that DH role. You know, if Bobby Dahlbeck figures it out, I guess he could fill that DH role. J.D. Martinez would be a good candidate to trade. Uh, But again, you have to be convinced that this team is going nowhere. And I don't know, you know, it's hard to wave the white flag when you look at the fact that you are only three and a half games out of the final wild card slot. The question becomes... Do you want do you, it's not whether you can make the playoffs because I think it's possible that this team still could. Now look, they've got to leapfrog four teams now. Right? They've got to get ahead of Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland and Tampa Bay to do it. But it's not impossible. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth hanging on to these guys, maybe even adding a player just to get in the playoffs? Or do you feel this team could actually contend to get into the World Series? And if you think that, I want some of what you're smoking. So to me, 
if somebody wants J.D. Martinez and you can get some some prospects for him, take it. Because right now, this team could make the playoffs, but it's going nowhere. If they make the playoffs, they're getting bounced quick. Because Chris Sale is not going to be coming back on a white horse. They'll be lucky if he makes it back. James Paxton, you know, everybody's talking about, well, Paxton's going to come. Yeah, well, maybe he is, but James Paxton's coming off a of Tommy John surgery, and it's not like he's going to be coming out and tossing seven, eight innings and taking that strain off the bullpen. Rich Hill isn't going to suddenly drop 10 years and start giving you seven innings again. You know, Michael Walker was showing signs of, you know, of, of cracks uh, in the armor before he ended up on the injured list. So as constructed, as we, and as we've said all along, this, this roster is a mess. It's not a World Series team. There's no way in hell. So if you can move J.D. Martinez and get something for him, go ahead. If you can move Kike Hernandez when he comes off the disabled list, and, you know, his ability, you know, he's a free agent at the end of the year. You know, would they want to re-sign him? Maybe. But you know what? Depending on what you can get for him, entertain some 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 phone calls. You know, he can play center field. He can play second base. You know, he can do different things. So he'd be a possibility. And at this point, when you've already gone with all these kids, with Winkowski and Bayo and uh, Connor Seabold and C- Cutter Crawford, screw it. If somebody wants Michael Walker and Rich Hill, have at it. As long as you don't, to me, you don't move Bogart's endeavors. I think you have to lock those guys up. You have to. You have to. So it was good to hear that the Red Sox aren't considering the trade for those guys. But it's just, you know, again, somebody's got to pay. I'm sorry. And, you know, it's easy for me to say fire Hein Bloom. Right, I mean, it'd be like Heim Bloom saying, you know, fire that guy on Sports Country Radio. I mean, I get it, but you know, this is you know, this is a tough business, and when you're spending that kind of money and you're John Henry, you can't be happy for the return that you're getting on your investment. You can't be. Now, John Henry, even in the media, said, "Well, we still see ourselves being in a rebuilding mode." Does he really believe that when you've spent that kind of money? How can you be in a rebuilding mode spending $220 million? It makes no sense. So it's almost like it sounds like he's just towing the company line and he's maybe giving Bloom enough rope to hang himself. I don't know. But, man, I'll tell you what. When free agency hits, Red Sox better because they're losing a lot of money off the books. And they're going to have a lot of money to spend. They better open up the purse and they better figure this out. And I and you got to you got to start with keeping those homegrown guys there in Bogart's endeavors. They got to be the cornerstones. You, you you know what? And I think you've got to as as much as I I kill Christian Vasquez sometimes. I think you got to you, you got to lock him up. Catching is so bad in the major leagues these days that he's still better than anything you're going to find out there. And then you can go with some of the kids. You know, you bring Cassis up. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, they figure it out in center field with Jaron Duran. You know, maybe he can be a piece. You know, but they've got 
to do something. They've got to go out and they've got to sign somebody. Some, you know, they've got, you know, and, 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 and the only way to me you don't pursue Xander Bogarts and locking him up forever is if you think you've got a chance in hell of signing a guy like Trey Turner. Because I'll tell you what, if I could trade Trey Turner for Xander Bogarts right now, as much as I love Bogarts, do it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. But unless you have some kind of assurance that you're going to be able to replace him with somebody better, you've got to lock those guys up. And if it means J.D. Martinez and Kike Hernandez and a couple other guys are on their way out the door before this season is over, so be it. But last place because the Baltimore Orioles beat the Tampa Bay Rays last night 5-3. And the Baltimore Orioles, ladies and gentlemen, are over 500. A team that finished 52-110 and last year is now 49-48. and Think about that, right? 97 games into the season, you're only three wins short of what you had all last year. Two consecutive winning months for a team that has lost over 100 games for three years in a row. And they're not spending a fraction of what the Red Sox are spending. How does that make you feel? Now, you can't blame Shane McClanahan. He did a great job. Got it, got the start last night for Tampa. First start since the All-Star game, seven innings, only gave up two hits. The two hits he gave up left the ballpark. Cedric Mullins took him out, and uh, Santander took him out. But they took advantage of uh, Poche in the eighth inning, did the Orioles. They come up with three runs. Ramon Urias with a two-run home run in the eighth inning off of Poche, and uh, the Orioles end up winning this game 5-3. to three. Jorge Lopez, all-star, picks up his 19th save of the season, has an ERA of 1.55. And the Baltimore Orioles, ladies and gentlemen, are ahead of the Red Sox. Uh, Those two teams will play again today. Um, uh, Drew Rasmussen will get the start for Tampa. It's a four-game series, just like the Red Sox are having with uh, the Guardians. And uh, Tyler Wells, who is 7-6 with a 3.69 ERA, will get the start for Baltimore. By the way, the Red Sox uh, tonight... We'll send Nate Evaldi to the mound in, I mean, I, I potentially his last start in the Red Sox uniform. If they decide that they're going to pack it in, maybe he's gone. Maybe they decide they he's a guy going forward they want to keep. I don't know. But he will face Cal Quantrill tonight in the third game of that series. Um, and Evaldi has not been very good. You know, I don't know what his trade market is right now. I would imagine they could probably get something decent for him. I'm not sure whether they should or not. I'm, you know, look, I'm not advocating a wholesale, uh, you know, sell everybody. I, but I think a J.D. Martinez is a guy that they could sell very easily. You've got other guys you could put in a D.H. slot. It's not like you're losing anything defensively. And with some of the other guys coming back off the disabled list soon, you know, maybe you can get away with, with a guy like that. You know, I, but, you know, if you're selling Evaldi, then you definitely are, you know, you're throwing up your hands and saying we're done. So uh, we'll see. Again, we have, what, six days before the trade deadline, August the 2nd. So we've got uh, four more days here in July and the first two days of August. So uh, potentially Evaldi's last start for the Red Sox. Uh, I kind of hope not. You know, because as as frustrating as this season has been, I'm not ready to see this team throw everybody away 
and uh, suffer through uh, 60 more games of pain because without, you know, with if, if they sell everybody off, uh, Nesson may be the last channel that I, that I watch. I'll probably I'll probably stop watching to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I'm a baseball guy, so I'll watch games, but I may, I may, uh, I may, I have to tune that out. By the way, I got a question. Last night, I'm watching the Red Sox game, and my wife and I are having dinner while the game is on, and they give up a run in the first inning. And I use some colorful language. And my wife looks at me and says, it's the first inning. Am I the only one? when they watch a game, gets pissed off in the first inning of a baseball game when, when you fall behind. I mean, I just – and maybe maybe it's because the history of the Sox this year and, you know, when they get behind, they're not coming back. You know, the last couple of years they've been pretty good at coming back from when they're down. Yeah, when they get down early this year, you kind of know it's over. So when they gave up a run in the first inning last night, I, I dropped an F-bomb. And my wife just looked at me, it's the first inning. I can't be the only one that gets that upset. I can't be. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm irrational. I don't know. It's 31 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. Um, So the New York Yankees start their Subway Series or Subway, yeah, I guess that's what they're calling it, the Subway Series with the New York Mets. And the Mets take game one last night. Uh, two teams that are in first place in their respective divisions. The Mets win it 6-3. to three. Uh, Taiwan Walker was very good last night. Six innings, gave up three runs. Of course, the t- he gave up two home runs. Uh, Aaron Judge, his 38th. Anthony Rizzo, his 23rd. They both came in the first inning. They were the first home runs that Taiwan Walker had surrendered in City Field all season long. So, oh, uh, Dave, thanks. I, you know, it's it's nice to know that I'm not the only one. <laughs> you know, when when you watch when you're watching your your favorite team, or in in my case, the Red Sox, uh, Dave makes the point. He's right. You know, the pitchers are supposed to be fresh at the start of the game. You're not supposed to give up runs in the first inning. You know, it's a lot easier, and I, and I think that's, I think that's the part that irritates me the most. And you're right, Dave. I, you know, if if you get into the fourth, fifth inning, and it's a scoreless game, and you give up a run in the fifth, you're like, okay, you know, you're not going to shut. You know, the odds of shutting somebody out aren't that great. But the first inning, and last night watching the Red Sox, you could tell that Winkowski wasn't sharp. He got the first two guys, and you're like, oh, wow, this is great. And then all of a sudden, he jumped on the struggle bus, and you were hoping like hell he'd be able to get out of the first inning, and he couldn't. So, yeah, it's frustrating. Well, Taiwan Walker had that kind of start last night for the Mets as he gave up two bombs uh, in the first inning. The good news for Taiwan Walker is his team came back and scored four runs in the bottom of the first against Jordan Montgomery. The way the Red Sox have been hitting, they can't score four runs, you know, in a game, let alone in an inning. It's brutal. But uh, a uh, a two-run home run in that first uh, four-run first inning by Eduardo Escobar, and uh, that gets the Mets going. They take the 4-2 lead. Uh, they, they stretch it to 5-2, and then they hang on uh, and win the thing. 
Uh, Edwin Diaz picks up his 22nd save of the season. Adam Adovino, remember him? Struggled at times with the Red Sox in the bullpen. He's been very good for the Mets. Inning and two-thirds, a shutout ball last night uh, in relief of Taiwan Walker before Edwin Diaz came on. Um, but the Mets win 6-3. Uh, to three. The Yankees, uh, <laughs> they're in no danger. They still have an 11-and-a-half game lead in the American League East. Uh, as far as the Mets go, their lead over the Atlanta Braves in the NLE, still two games uh, because the Braves win last night. The, the Braves snap a, a two-game losing streak. You know, the Braves are the only team, folks, in Major League Baseball that have not lost three consecutive games this year. And that's a hell of a feat when, you, you know, you're thinking you're almost 100 games into it and not once have they lost three in a row. That's pretty impressive. Um, the Yankees and the, uh, the Mets will finish up that quick two-game series tonight. Domingo Herman, um, who made his season debut against the Houston Astros uh, and got bombed, uh, will take the mound for the Yankees in this one uh, in just his second start. Max Scherzer, uh, who is 6-2 uh, and two with a 2-2-8. Two, two, He's 1-1 one one with a one seven eight ERA since coming off the injured lifts uh, with that strained oblique. Um, you'd have to think advantage Mets in this one as well tonight, but uh, we shall see. And as I said, as far as the Braves go, uh, they beat the Phillies last night 6-3 to three to make sure that they don't lose their third game in a row. Uh, and uh, this kid, this young kid, uh, Strider, has been great for the Braves. Picked up his fifth win last night, goes six innings, only gave up three hits and one run, struck out six. The only run he gave up was a uh, solo shot to Kyle Schwarber, his NL leading 31st home run of the year in the sixth inning. But that was it. And then Colin McHugh does a good job, a couple of innings of scoreless relief. It got a little exciting uh, in, the, uh, in the ninth, but fortunately, uh, Kenley Jansen, who's come off the injured list, comes on, gets the final two outs, picks up his 23rd save of the season, and the Braves beat the Phillies. Uh, by a final of six to three. Look, uh, you know the Phillies are ten back in the NLE, so uh, they've got no shot of winning that division. But all these games are huge uh, for the Phillies. They are right in the middle of the wild card race. Uh, they currently sit just a half a game back of the St. Louis Cardinals for that final uh, wild card slot. Those two teams will play again today. Uh, Connecticut's own Charlie Morton went to. Uh, uh, high school uh, in uh, Ridgefield, Connecticut. Uh, will or actually it was yeah no it was in Reading, Connecticut. He went to Joel Barlow, I think it was uh, five and four with a four two zero. Will get the start against Kyle Gibson, also five and four with a four six nine in the rubber match of that series. Uh, Atlanta has lost seven of eight series finales going back to June twenty sixth. So they may not have lost three in a row, but they've had a hard time uh, winning series. Uh, so uh, they will uh, hopefully. Uh, bounce back tonight and uh, take care of the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. And I say hopefully because now that I live down here in Hayesville, North Carolina, it's Atlanta Braves country. The Atlanta Braves are only about uh, two hours away from here. Uh, so everybody's uh, big, big Atlanta Braves fans down here. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays win last night 10-3. to uh, George Springer, Connecticut's own George Springer, from uh, New Britain, Connecticut, a grand slam home run last night, went three for five. Uh, for Springer, by the way, it's his seventh career Grand Slam. Uh, they uh, extend their winning streak through the Blue Jays to seven, beating the Cardinals. The Cardinals, of course, without Paul Goldschmidt, 
and without Nolan Arenado because they are unvaccinated. You know, and, you know, look, would it have made a difference last night? Probably not. I mean, you know, look, uh, Goldschmidt leads the team uh, hitting 333. He's got 22 bombs, 74 runs, but he did done everything. Uh, matter of fact, he uh, was named the player of the week Monday after he homered in five straight games. Arenado, of course, the gold, gold glover at third base. But when your uh, pitching staff gives up 10 runs, probably <laughs> they're probably not going to make uh, that big of a difference in this game last night. Jose Barrios got the start uh, for Toronto, did not get off to a great start. It was a five-run sixth inning, the difference in this one. Uh, so the win comes out of the bullpen. Tim Meza pitches a third of an inning to vulture a win, his fifth win of the year. Uh, and then the rest of the bullpen does a pretty good job. Uh, but the uh, Cardinals get roughed up last night. And frankly, you know what? Good. I, I have no sympathy for teams that have to go to Toronto with unvaccinated players. It's the same thing with the Red Sox when they had to go up there without some of their guys. You know, I have a hard time having sympathy when, you know, you've got uh, bullet heads on your team that refuse to get vaccinated and, and put the the uh, the rest of the team at a disadvantage. And that is the exact opposite definition of a team player. And I love, you know, when you listen to some, the, the worst part about this is, is guys like Goldschmidt and Arenado you know, or or when Whit Merrifield did something, uh, said some stupid things when it was you know revealed that uh, he couldn't go to Toronto because he's unvaccinated. It's one of those things where if you're unvaccinated, just shut up. Because when they sit there and then they try to explain to you why they're not vaccinated, they sound like morons. And Whit Merrifield was the worst of all when he wasn't vaccinated. And he says, "Well, but you know what? If I get traded to a contending team, maybe I'll get a vaccination." So that just shows what an idiot you are. And uh, he went from one of the most popular players in Kansas City to, to public enemy number one. You know, he's tried to walk it back, uh, but uh, it's too late. The uh, horse has already left the barn. Uh, but uh, the Blue Jays take advantage. They win 10-3. to By the way, uh, Toronto's five grand slams this year. Uh, the Cardinals are hoping that uh, Adam Wainwright can get things uh, turned around for them tonight. Uh, he is 6-8, and eight, but he does have a 3-4-0 ERA. He will take on Kevin Gausman, uh, who is 7-7 seven and seven with a 3-0-0 ERA in the finale of that two-game series. A uh, couple of surprises in Major League Baseball last night. Uh, number one, the Washington Nationals beat the Los Angeles Dodgers for the second straight time. The Washington Nationals are one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, yet somehow they find a way to do it. They beat the Dodgers last night 8-3. to three. Uh, and, and the great part about it was Josiah Gray, who was traded from the Dodgers to the Washington Nationals last season, uh, did a pretty good job. You know, pitched five solid innings, and uh, then the bullpen does a great job. They got to Mitch White uh, for nine hits, but only two runs, but the bats couldn't get going for the Dodgers. And uh, they whack around Garrett Clevenger out of the bullpen. They score six runs in an inning and two-thirds off of Clevenger in the bullpen, and the Nationals win that game. By the way, uh, Juan Soto, who has been uh, rumored to be traded from the Nationals because he turned down that big contract extension, uh, had an 0 for last night, uh, went uh, 0 for 4. Uh, and much has been made about uh, what's happening with Soto. I think he's 2 for 15 since the All-Star break, and, of course, everybody – everybody always wants to bring up the home run derby. Oh, if you're in the home run derby, it's going to kill your swing. Well, well, uh, 
I don't know if it's killed his swing, but uh, Juan Soto has definitely struggled since the All-Star game. And you don't know whether it's that or whether it's all the distraction around and, of course, all the Dodger fans out there every time he comes to the plate, you know, yelling out future Dodger to him, those kinds of things. So I'm sure all that's got to be a bit of a distraction for him. Uh, the Nationals will need a small miracle uh, to win tonight. Patrick Corbin <laughs> takes the mound. He's 4-13 and 13 with an ERA of over 6. By the way, that tells you how bad a team is when a guy has an ERA of 6 and he's making like his 20th or 21st start of the season. Man, you know <laughs> you know, you stink. Uh, he has given up a combined 14 earned runs in his last three starts. Uh, he will take on Andrew Heaney who is making his second start off or off after coming off uh, the injured list. Um, he had only made three prior starts all season, but he was pretty good before he got hurt, and the uh, Dodgers are hoping he can bounce back uh, tonight. The other big surprise last night, the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics, who have the worst record in Major League Baseball, have beaten the Houston Astros two straight times. The Athletics win last night by a final of 5-3. to three. Frankie Montas, who may have made... His final start in an Athletics uniform, and I would be shocked if he's not moved by the trade deadline. Uh, went five innings last night, gave up just two earned runs, struck out four. He did walk three. He wasn't particularly sharp, but did enough. Uh, but, again, this is a guy that uh, is coming off the injured list. It's just his second start or third start, I think, since coming off the injured list. So they kind of limiting his pitch count. Uh, but he goes five, picks up his fourth win of the season. Uh, Jose Trevino picks up his tenth save. Luis Garcia got the start for Houston. Goes five and two-thirds, only gives up four uh, four hits, but uh, gave up four runs. Uh, Chad Pinder with the big blow in this one. His second grand slam in two weeks. Uh, it came in the third inning uh, off of Garcia. That was the difference in this one. So the Astros with the loss, again, they are in no danger uh, they've got uh, things well in hand in the uh, American League West. They are 64 and 34, just two games worse than the New York Yankees, who have been the uh, uh, the team that everybody points to for uh, success this year. But uh, they are they are in good shape uh, in the American League West. No need to worry there. Christian Javier will get the start tonight, and uh, it'll be Cole Irvin getting the start for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, in the third game of that series. It is 46 minutes past the hour. We've got to take one more break. Back in a minute to wrap things up. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. A couple of minutes left before we get out of here. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, beat the Minnesota Twins last night by a final of 7-6. to six. The Brewers, by the way, will be the next opponent for the Red Sox. A, uh, another first-place team coming into Fenway Park. So it's not getting any easier. Uh, but uh, the uh, Twins with the loss last night. Dylan Bundy got the start, was not sharp at all, gave up seven hits and five runs in just four innings of work. Fortunately, the Twins kept him in the, or the, uh, the, Twins kept him in the game, uh, but they end up losing it with a run in the ninth inning. It was Luis Urias, a game-ending sacrifice fly in the ninth inning, scoring Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, to give the Brewers their 54th win of the season. The Minnesota Twins fall to 52-45, and 45, a two-and-a-half game lead now over the Guardians as uh, Minnesota's kind of stumbled after really uh, uh, playing really solid ball for a while. They are a 500 team over their last 16 games and have just a two-and-a-half game lead over the Guardians and just a three-game lead 
over the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox, one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. I had uh, Tony La Russa fired and out the door, but they've won 7 of 10 now, three in a row. They are over 500. Michael Kopech, uh, former Red Sox farmhand, pitched shutout ball into the sixth innings. Uh, Yasmani Grandal with three hits for Chicago last night. Uh, Yoan Mancata uh, with a double uh, that scored Adam Engel in the seventh inning. That was the difference in this one. So don't look now, but here come the White Sox as uh, they win over the Rockies 2-1. to one. Uh, The Padres beat the Tigers last night 6-4. to four. Uh, The news out of San Diego that's really good for, the, for Padre fans is Fernando Tatis Jr. is getting close uh, to coming back. Uh, he is resuming baseball activities. He is taking swings, and uh, it may be not be long at all before Padre fans see Fernando Tatis Jr. back in the lineup once again. Uh, but with the win, the Padres now 11 games over 500. And the thing for the the Padres, and I hadn't, I didn't know this, uh, they were just looking for a win in uh, in Detroit. Now they don't play the Tigers very often, obviously, um, but they hadn't won a game in Detroit. I think, like, in 38 years. They lost the last three games of the 1984 World Series at Tiger Stadium. They got swept in a three-game series at Comerica in 20, uh, 2007, and then they lost on Monday. So they, they, were, they were struggling. They were, they were begging for a win. Uh, and the Tigers, a team, by the way, that's probably looking to sell everybody. The word has come down that they are even considering trading uh, Tarek Skubal uh, their best young pitching prospect uh, as they look to, uh, uh, I guess, reset again. I mean, this is a Tiger team that was decent last year, you know, hung around 500 for most of the season, surprised people. Uh, they have been brutal this year. There's no other way to put it. Uh, they are 39-59, and 59, uh, but the Padres win last night. They will send uh, uh, you Darvish to the mound tonight looking for his 10th win of the year, the uh, aforementioned Tarek Skubal. Who is seven and eight with a three eight eight ERA uh, will get the start for the Detroit Tigers and the Seattle Mariners win again another one run game. I mean they are I don't I don't remember exactly what the uh, uh, the number is. Oh here it is. They are twenty three and twelve in one run games. They beat the Texas Rangers last night. Uh, by a final of five to four. By the way, the the Rangers in one run games this year five and twenty three. Uh, but for the Mariners now, uh, they pick up their fifty third win of the season. They're not going to catch the Houston Astros. They're eleven games back, uh, but they have won seven of ten, and uh, they are hot as a firecracker. They sit in second place in the wild card standings right now. Uh, Cal Raleigh with a home run in the seventh inning and then an RBI double in the ninth to score the winning run, and uh, the uh, Seattle Mariners win yet again. Uh, they will finish up that series tonight. It'll be Marco Gonzalez, uh, who is 5-10 for Seattle, taking on John Gray, who's been pretty good since coming over from Colorado. John Gray, 7-4 and four, uh, with a 3-4-80 ERA. He has won his last four starts uh, for the uh, Texas Rangers, so uh, uh, they're hoping they can salvage a game out of that one tonight. Uh, some football news before we get out of here. Julio Jones is reportedly signing a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, look, uh, Jones has been a Pro Bowler seven times, uh, but uh, he is, he was in Tennessee last year. He only played in ten games. 
Only caught 31 passes. He had a miserable year. It was his everything was like a career low. Uh, and the previous year, his last year in Atlanta, uh, he was injured as well. Had a lot of hamstring issues. So I'm not sure what he's got left in the tank. But knowing the luck that Tom Brady has, I would not be at all surprised if Julio Jones ends up with 100 catches this year. Because it just seems like whatever Tom Brady touches seems to turn to gold. Uh, and uh, so Julio Jones headed to the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, before the start of this upcoming NFL season. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hey, it's Bobby Gentry's birthday today. Bobby Gentry is 78 years old, um, and uh, her big hit, and we're going to play it for you right now, Ode to Billy Joel, not Ode to Billy Joel, Ode to Billy Joe. <laughs> A big hit for her uh, back in the 1970s. 78 years old today. Happy birthday. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.